Let's take our Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter number 10 tonight. Book of Joshua chapter number 10. And we're going to begin by reading the first six verses here. Joshua 10, and we'll pick up in verse number 1. Now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ai and utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and her king, and so he had done to Ai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai and all the men thereof were mighty. Wherefore Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent unto Hoham, king of Hebron, and unto Piram, king of Jarmuth, and unto Jephiah, uh, king of Lachish, and unto Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up unto me, and help me, that we may smite Gibeon, for it hath made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, and the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together and went up, and they all, they and all their hosts, and encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servants, come up to us quickly. And save us and help us, for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. Uh, so here we see the chapter opens with these five kings of Canaan uh, deciding to join forces to attack the Gibeonites because the Gibeonites had made that peace treaty with the people of Israel. These five kings didn't know it at the time, but they were playing right into the hand of Joshua and Israel here. Instead of uh, Joshua and Israel having to pick pick off these kings one at a time, they could knock them all out at one time. And uh, we'll see that that's actually what happens. He was able to defeat them all together. If you remember our last message from this book, we saw Joshua and the Israelites had been tricked into making a peace treaty with the Gibeonites. And it's implied here that in the making that treaty that Israel had possibly promised to ally with the Gibeonites if they were attacked while they were in the land because that's what we see happening here. You know, they go send to Israel for help uh, and it's either that or the Israelites were lacking the free labor from the Gibeonites and were wanting to pr- protect their interest in that. Remember, they put them to, to, uh, uh, to servitude. And so... Now for Israel, um, this would be just another conquest uh, of the promised land. I mean, they're already in, in battles. They were going to have to face these kings at some point in time in their conquest, and this was the time. And we're going to see that the Lord was with them in the battle here. And for us, I, I want us to see a parallel here uh, because there's a vivid picture of the Christian life. Battles are a reality of the life of a child of God. We know that, don't we? Uh, Scripture tells us. Uh, 
But we never have to face those battles alone. Scripture says that our God is always with us. He will never leave us or forsake us, according to Hebrews 13, verse 5. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In fact, in the time of battle, we have uh, the promise of help from the one who, according to Psalm 46, verse 1, is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. And he is that, isn't he? You know, when we need him, he's there. And this evening, I want to remind you that as believers, our lives will be filled with battles. We're not promised a hunky-dory Christianity. We're not promised an easy time. Uh, we're promised that battles are going to come. And these battles are spiritual battles. Even though they, some of them may appear to be flesh and blood battles, they're not flesh and blood. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 13, Paul said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's what we looked at last week, the wiles of our enemy. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the, in the evil day and having done all to stand. You know, sometimes when we are facing battles, they look like flesh and blood battles, but the, uh, uh, something spiritual is behind that. You know, something spiritual was behind this battle that was going on here. Uh, Satan didn't like uh, the Israelites, didn't like what God was doing here and uh, trying to drive the, uh, all the Etites out of the land. And so uh, it, this was a spiritual battle as well. When we choose to face our spiritual battles and the power of our flesh, there can be some devastating consequences in our lives. The battles are unavoidable, but victory can be ours when we determine to rely upon God to bring us through our battles. And so tonight we want to look at learning how to have victory with God. Victory with God. First we see a lesson about our Lord. Look at verse number 7. It says here, So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he, all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said unto Joshua, notice this, Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. So we see a lesson about our Lord here. Joshua and Israel honored the peace treaty that they made with the Gibeonites. They kept their word and helped the Gibeonites fight those kings that rose up against them. Five kings at one time. As they prepared for battle, the Lord came to them with the promise of help and a victory. God was about to fight for His people. This section represents the supernatural aspect of the Lord in our battles. Aren't you glad that it's not a... a, 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 uh, Normal power, it's supernatural power. It's, we're talking about God's power that is available to us. And the battles we face when we look to the Lord and lean on Him, the Lord supernaturally comes to our aid and fights in the battle with us and for us. I'm talking about the times when He moves in power and does a work that only He can do in our life, and that's, that is what we see pictured here. 
there are three important truths revealed here about our Lord in the day of battle. A couple of them found here in verse number 8. We see, first of all, the Lord gave His peace. And He told them, fear them not. You know, don't, don't let them shake you up. You know, have, pe- have peace in your life. His, his challenge to His people was for them not to fear the enemy. You know, we get in trouble when we fear the enemy rather than fearing the Lord. The Lord was just reminding Joshua that he, the Lord, was still in control of the situation. May I remind you this evening that whatever battle you're facing in this life, the Lord is still in control. He is still on the throne. He is still the Prince of Peace. And you can have peace as you battle the battle that you're facing with His help. For those who will walk by faith and not by sight, the Lord still gives peace that passes all understanding. The secret to walking in peace is to walk in faith or walk by faith. The Lord didn't save us so that we could be agitated and worried like the world. But how many times have you, have you noticed uh, believers a lot of times respond the same way that the world does? It's not good. It's not a good testimony. You know, uh, we, We've got the Lord on our, on our side. Uh, the Lord doesn't want us to tremble or fear our enemies when they show up on the scene. When, when the day of battle comes in our life, the Lord will give us peace if we will just lean on Him. We shared a couple of these uh, passages Sunday night when we were talking about prayer and uh, how that we are to uh, be instant in prayer, you know, and uh, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, but many times, what, what do we do? Well, we get anxious. When it tells us don't get anxious, <laughs> that's what be careful for nothing means. Don't, don't be full of care. Don't get anxious about what is coming your way. But lift it up in prayer and supplication, thanking the Lord that what He's going to do in your life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not in thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. He shall direct thy path. So the Lord gave His peace. He gave His peace. But second of all, I want you to see the Lord gave His promise also. He says, For I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. The Lord didn't stop with just a word of encouragement. He also gave them the promise of absolute victory. That's great, isn't it? The Lord never saved us so we could be defeated. When He saved us, He did so with the promise that we could walk in victory. And uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, he says, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is through the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 2, 14, he also wrote, he said, Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph <clears throat> in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. He causes us to triumph in Christ. Isn't that great? Now that doesn't mean that every situation in life will work out the way that we want it to. But it does mean that the Lord will enable us to live above our circumstances 
and to be victorious in our battles with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those are our enemies. Amen. Those are things that we battle each and every day. So the Lord gave his peace. The Lord gave his promise. And then we see in verses 9 through 14, I want you to notice here that the Lord gave his power. And um, look at verse number 9. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly um, and went up from Gilgal all night. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth up to Beth Horon and smote them at Azekah and to, unto Makeda. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Horon that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah. And they died. Notice this. There were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Wow. Must have been some mighty heavy uh, hailstones, right? Uh, we see here that uh, the Lord gave His power. In these verses, we see the mighty dem- demonstration of the power of the Lord in the life of Israel. Uh, the Lord manifested His supernatural power and gave His children the victory. We see He moved in two ways. There in verse number 11 that we just read, the Lord moved in the hail. That, that fell. Here we see the Lord performed a great miracle with regard to the physical world. Um, think about the verses over in Job 38, verse 22 and 23. Job 38, 22 says this, Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, or hast thou seen the treasures, treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? I mean, it was even prophesied that that's what the Lord does. And uh, we, we see that uh, the Lord used that hail here in the, the Israelites' battle. We see the Lord moved also in the heavens. Look at verse 12 through 14 here. Verse 12, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Now, before we go on, let me talk about this book of Jasher. It is believed to have been a book of songs about battles. Uh, It's only mentioned twice, mentioned here and mentioned over in 2 Samuel. Uh, But it's it's been lost. It was not part of Scripture, uh, but... Uh, there, there was a song that is mentioning here about that. Um, now let's take a look at this. The Lord moved in the heavens. We, here we see the Lord performed another even greater miracle with regard to the physical world. It's often referred to as the long day of Joshua. You heard of, heard of the long day of Joshua? Uh, but all that Joshua did was ask the Lord for it. <laughs> it should be the long day of the Lord. Amen. Uh, 
You say, well, how did he do that? Well, he's God. You know, is anything too hard for the Lord? No. God can do with His creation what He wants to do. And uh, the Lord is the one who stopped the sun and the heavens and extended the daylight hours for Joshua and his army to finish the battle. What does that mean for us? Well, you know, there are times when the Lord can, both can and will supernaturally intervene in our life through prayer as we face our battles. I shared that passage Sunday night to uh, uh, Ephesians 3.20, He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. What a wonderful thought. Yeah. And um, Joshua just said, Lord, let, let it stand still. It seems like an uh, unusual request. It seems like one that would be impossible to fulfill, but not, with, not for God. He was able to do it exceeding abundantly above all that Joshua was able to ask. You ever seen God intervene in answer to a prayer, but there could be no other explanation but God. How are you going to explain that? can't say anything. It, it, it was God. God did it. Uh, I've seen several of those in, in my last lifetime, and it's a wonderful thing to, to be able to view. Does He always choose to work in such a miraculous way? No. But that does not diminish His power one bit. He's able to do it. Amen. Able to do it when it's needed. And so we see a lesson about our Lord. Next, we see a lesson about the Lord's people in verses 15 uh, through 27. And the, the Lord gave them a great victory through His mighty power, but there was still more of the battle to be fought. In these verses, we see Israel, not the Lord, engaged in the battle. They're the ones doing the fighting. Of course, the Lord's given them the, the strength to be able to do that. The Lord was there for them. And the Lord will fight for us. But listen, He also expects us to put up a fight too. Amen. Uh, not just sit on the sidelines, but to put up a fight. He's going to be with us and give us the strength of the battle. And we see, first of all, that um, we must control our enemy. Notice verse 15 through 18 here. Joshua returned and all Israel with him unto the camp to Gilgal. That's where they were encamped at, Gilgal. But these five kings, okay, these five kings that had uh, gotten their people together to try to come against the children of Israel, says uh, these five kings fled, the kings themselves did, and hid themselves in a cave at Makeda. And it was told Joshua, saying, the five kings are found hid in a cave at Makeda. And Joshua said, Roll great stones upon the mouth of the cave and set men by it for to keep them. Uh, wouldn't want to be in that cave, would you? <laughs> it gets dark. Have you ever been in a dark cave? Oh, man, isn't that, uh, uh, that's a darkness you can feel. Oh, I remember uh, when we were on our honeymoon, uh, we were, one of the places we went along the way was to Ruby Falls up in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they get you down there, way up under the ground, and they flip all the lights off. And that's a dark you can feel right there. I remember that. But uh, these guys got put there. We noticed these five kings uh, tried to hide themselves in a cave. When they were discovered, Joshua ordered the cave to be sealed up, preventing them from escaping. And that's a picture of control. Um, 
And they were controlling the enemy there. When we, when we got saved, the Lord changed us. But our old sinful nature is still alive and well. And we know it, don't we? It still is there. Just like these kings, our enemy, the flesh, hides itself within us, comes out in the open from time to time to cause us trouble. It might be a problem with the tongue that will come out from time to time. It might be anger, hatred, prejudice, lust, or some other depravity. Whatever the sin is in our life, it must be controlled or else it's going to eventually come to control us. So it's important for us to note that part of the fruit of the Spirit is temperance or self-control from Galatians 5. As a child of God, we have no right to do as we please. We are to walk in the Spirit. And how can we know we're walking in the Spirit? When those fruits of the Spirit are manifested in our lives. Yeah. If you're walking in the Spirit and the Spirit is filling your life, the, the one way that you will know that is that those fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, those things will be in your life. And then one of those is that temperance or self-control. So we must control our enemy. Then we must confront our enemy. Look at verse number 19. It says, And, uh, and stay, stay ye not, but pursue after your enemies, and smite the hind, uh, hindmost of them. Suffer them not to enter into their cities. For the Lord your God, notice this, for the Lord your God hath delivered them into your hand. And it came to pass when Joshua and the children of Israel had made an end of slaying them with a very great slaughter till they were consumed, that the rest were which remained of them entered into fenced cities. And all of the people returned to the camp to Joshua at Makeda in peace. None moved his tongue against any of the children of Israel. And then said to Joshua, Open the mouth of the cave, bring out those five kings unto me out of the cave. And they did so, and brought forth those five kings unto him out of the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. And it came to pass, when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all men of Israel. And said unto the captains of the men of war which went, which went with them, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. He was a... He was priming them for future battles that were going to be coming. And uh, we must control our enemy and we must con- confront our enemy. After the battle had been won, Joshua came back to that cave, brought these kings out, and humiliated them here by having his princes place their feet upon their necks. He confronted them openly and publicly and pronounced the victory over them. Now, spiritually speaking, we need to do the same thing. Every one of us this evening knows what kings hide in our life. We know about the secret sins and those problems that we have with our flesh. And the only way for us to get absolute permanent victory over these things is to confront them. Amen. Uh, We need to drag them out of the hiding place and lay them out before the Lord, place our foot on their necks in the name of Jesus and proclaim the victory over them. 
And we'll never have victory as a child of God until our sins are handled God's way. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Joshua took a step here that ensured the victory over these five kings that looked to trouble Israel. He put them to death. <laughs> he put them to death. The only way for us, and notice there in verse number 26, afterwards Joshua smote them and slew them and hanged them on five trees and they were hanging upon the trees until the evening. And it came to pass at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded, and they took them down off the trees, cast them in the cave wherein they had been hid, and laid great stones in the cave's mouth, which remain until this very day. And so we see there, Joshua ensured uh, the deck victory there by putting them to death. The only way for us to walk in victory before the Lord is to put those things to death that cause us the problem in our life. We must die daily to the sins of the flesh, or they will keep us from walking in power and victory. Listen to Colossians 3, verse number 5. The Apostle Paul wrote there, he says, Mortify. You know what mortify means? Put to death. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. In other words, put those things to death. And in your life. Don't let them be a part of your life. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we're to live the same way. Live, by the, live the resurrected life that has been given to us. So we see a lesson about our Lord, a lesson about the people of the Lord. And I'm not going to read verses 28 through 43. I'll leave that for you to read. But we see a, a, a lesson there about daily battles. You'll, as you read through there, you'll see the rest of these verses relate to the account of remaining battles fought in addition to the five that they just took care of. They, they come across... Uh, those were the, those were the uh, uh, Amorites that they killed. And then you got other, other kings that needed to be slain down the road. And the clear indication is that every day we will be faced with another battle that we are guaranteed victory with God in our lives. So we're only fooling ourselves if we think that we will never have to deal with uh, our enemies in this life. World, the flesh, the devil, they're, they're daily enemies. We must face the battles daily in the power of the Lord. And our God is great and mighty. Amen. He is great and mighty. He's enabled us to have victory if we will but yield to Him and His Word. So the question is tonight, are you, are you walking in His power? If not, you need to find a victory that only comes from a daily walk of faith with the Lord. Victory with God. Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening. Let's pull back at our prayer list and we will uh, take these needs before the Lord.